Show with guest host Brian Weber on CBS Sports Radio. Should I steal from the great one at the very beginning of the show? No! Yes, I know your reaction. Welcome to the program. Always an honor to sit in for Jim, play a small role contributing to the biggest and most important show in our industry. Brian Weber with you. The goal is to be interactive. 1-800-636-8686. Email still a thing. RomanAppetake.com. Hit me up on the X. X me. B.W. Weber. That's Weber with two X's. We follow what I believe to be a winning blueprint. We take things one segment at a time, one syllable at a time. And then coming up at 20 past the hour for all three hours in this extravaganza, we will get to your interaction. We're going to jump right in, bringing you thoughts on the combine. Rolling on with on-field drills starting tomorrow. When the world zigs, you got to zag to have a niche in a 5,000-channel platform world. I'm going to give you my experiences, plural, in Indy, and tell you why the Combine, quite simply, is the most overhyped event in all of sports. We'll get to the NBA. Max Struess nailing a bomb in a wildly entertaining game between the Cavs and the Mavs. I realize we're not even into the month of March, but... Unless you just talk all football all the time, which is a winning business strategy, I want to get to the NBA. We'll get there coming up in the next hour of the program. Are there reasons to believe in Cleveland? Here's a preview. No. And then we'll turn it over to an expert in the final hour, 2.40 Eastern time. We'll wrap up the program with gusto when we talk NBA with Mike Vorkanoff of The Athletic. Prior to that, hour number two, 1.40 Eastern time. I give Eastern times because most of the country lives east of the Mississippi. We talk NFL, not combine-driven analysis. When we say hello to Josh Alper of Pro Football Talk, meaning I'm not good at math. I was told there'd be no arithmetic involved. No outside voices unless I take a phone call between now and And deep, deep, deep into hour number two. So, hit me up on the X, B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. I'm open to having a conversation with you. Some clones have reached out directly. I'm a concierge, fill-in host. I will satisfy your needs, some of them at least, at 1-800-636-8686. Coming up in 40 minutes, because I'm damn old, and I still believe in the power of college basketball, On this penultimate day in the month of February, on a Big Word Wednesday edition of the program, I'm not getting into the bracketology, but I'm telling you why you better enjoy the current format in March Madness while we have it, because if you're not paying attention, they're going to expand this sucker to 96, maybe more teams sooner rather than later. It is all on the docket. So... Let me be more self-involved than normal, although I should acknowledge the team. As I glance through the glass partition, I cannot believe I see the full XR4TI. Clearly, someone misread the schedule. Guys, thanks so much for coming in. As we come to you from the undisclosed location, I am so gratified to have the entire XR4TI. Now, unlike a former member of the team, I'm not going to give away where we're situated, Finally, here's a hint. Aren't you glad Jim's coming back on Friday? Da, da, da. We play the hits. 
on CBS Sports Radio. Let me take it back in time. If you know who I am, and I'm Brian <laughs> Weber, resetting way too much for Jim Rome here on CBS Sports Radio, it is probably because of a brief, yet in my mind, resonant connection with the National Football League as we enjoy the continuing rise and expansive popularity of Kyle Brandt and what a marvelous series of features he did all year long on the NFL and CBS. A great one the day of the Super Bowl. The primary reason you get to enjoy Kyle on national TV beyond his excessive talent is that a bunch of us, a ragtag unit, not the A team, more like the C or D team, shuffled into a studio here in Southern California every day at midnight to go on the air at 3 o'clock in the morning the precursor of Good Morning Football, which is award-winning, I drove our show, NFL AM, into the ground. But when I worked for NFL Network and then parlayed that to three years of doing all NFL radio all the time for a platform that no longer pushes out content, I attended multiple combines. And I'm not just coming up with some sort of fake clout here. I'm going to share my experiences with you to try to come up with a frame of reference for why I firmly believe, I personally believe, whatever happened to her, I personally believe that the Combine is the most overhyped event in all of sports because nothing of substance outside of the medical exams happens there. Now, how do I know that? Did you happen to catch who is not attending the Combine this year? Now, Mike McCarthy and I have had a difference of opinion. Like, you might want to show up when you're hosting a playoff game for a franchise that hasn't won anything of importance for the better part of three decades. And did you catch Jerry Jones saying the Cowboys are going all in? We'll get there coming up in the final hour of the program. But I have now some respect for Big Mike. Quick sidebar, because I can anticipate your interaction on social media coming up. Do not write about Mike McCarthy and yours truly hitting up a Chick-fil-A before the end of the day. Mike has some free time because he's not an indie. In fact, the crew, very complimentary. You've not seen me on TV, no simulcast today, since the latter stages of January. And I finally, finally, made the tough, soul-crushing decision to cut back on the diet soda Finally. because somebody pointed out along the way, when's the last time you saw somebody not morbidly obese drinking Diet Coke or Diet Pepsi? So I self-reported and the crew mm. right now just looking through the glass in awe at a lean, mean Phil and Hose talking about himself. But before you fat shame me and Mike McCarthy... The big fella finally did something right by deciding not to go to the Combine because even Mike knows, under the guise that he wants to spend more time with his potential replacement, new defensive coordinator Mike Zimmer with installation of the defense back in Frisco, Texas. Mike knows because he's been shuffling his large behind Indy for a very long time. It is a colossal waste of time. And Mike's not alone. Robert Sala has been keeping receipts since day one with the Jets. He never goes. This year, joined by Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, and Kyle Shanahan. Evidently, Kyle trying to use the additional time to learn the new postseason overtime rules. So, if a good chunk of NFL head coaches do not even show up at an event that is so excessively hyped, why should we care? 
This is their job, after all. Well, they know that anything significant they can participate in online, all of the interviews with those hard-hitting questions to young kids trying to scare them to come up with an answer under pressure, like, would you rather be a dog or a cat? It's not the answer. It's how you respond to that hard-hitting query. All of that nonsense can be done via Zoom or, more to the point, if you're a top prospect, you have individual meetings with the teams. So what are we really talking about in Indy? It's a football convention. And you might pause and say, wait a minute, Jim just had a magnificent run all week long at the Bellagio. I'm still getting the word picture in my mind, jumping around with those dancing waters, which were so alluring in the background. I'm Brian Weber, eating for Jim Rome. Interaction less than 15 minutes away. 1-800-636-8686. You might be thinking, loud guy who over-enunciates, wait a minute, I thought Super Bowl week is the opportunity for the entire football world to come together. No, because in my experience, most assistant coaches and player personnel folks are cheap And they don't want to spend the kind of cash you got to dole out to be on site for a Super Bowl. You get some of the people who are red asses saying, I don't want to go to the big game site because we're not playing. You put it all together. The football convention that Super Bowl week should be really happens in Indy. So all this is is a bunch of guys walking around repping their teams or some Free merch they got. A lot of sweatsuits. I fit right in with my Tony Soprano Fila collection. Hanging out, gossiping about who got fired, who's going where, and tearing down other prospects. Why do you think, as Jim brought up the other day with friend of the program, Daniel Jeremiah, the replacement for the Wonderlick, the S2 scores of C.J. Stroud leaked last year? Because in my view, and this is not hyperbole, I firmly believe this was the case, that was character assassination. Why? It wasn't just somebody with an agenda against CJ. It was calculated. It was motivated by coming up with a reason for him to drop and other teams could scoop him up when he fell down the draft board. Well, thankfully for CJ, that didn't happen. And... I'm very pleased to hear his agency, Andrew Rosenhaus, who is an interesting person ethically and morally, if Drew is willing to acknowledge that these tests are also a waste of time because they only test your ability to take the test, it tells you one more component of the combine that is nonsensical. So why do we care about the combine? Because... We are addicted and intoxicated with everything linked to the NFL. And years ago, when the NFL Network was a nascent cable property with no content, they decided to put this thing on the air because they needed programming. And along the way, we moved from a semi-balanced sports menu because typically I'm not playing the old guy card even Harder than I normally do. But at the end of February, not too long ago, some of you actually cared about baseball. We'll talk some Otani coming up in the next hour and why you should not be crowning the Dodgers in any way, shape, or form. I mentioned the demise of college hoops, the NBA, 
certainly, especially with you kids out there with all the Riz as front and center, but the NFL has become a behemoth crushing everything in its path. So you put guys out there who may or may not be impactful on the next level, doing anything on a football field, and we're going to watch. I had an executive tell me, not my favorite person, although I think he enjoyed firing me as we think about how I became available to be a Philad host. I'm Brian Weber, and for Jim Rome, interaction now 10 minutes away. We're on the clock. When I worked for NFL Network 11 years ago, and it had a much more of a frat house environment, I was not involved because I did my job, and I went home at 7 a.m. every day after the show. But a lot of people don't have careers anymore based on some terrible decisions and borderline harassment that you can Google on your own time. I had an executive tell me when I was proud about our ratings, and they were substantial because people watched television 11 years ago, we could put up an NFL logo and get the same number your show gets. I felt very good about that vote of confidence. Having just belted out four hours of TV with a co-host who didn't want to be there, and a guy who turned out to be Hannibal Lecter. But I'll, I'll wait to give you all the details when I write my book. That's coming up. The way it used to be with B-Web. So I understand why many of you want combine conversation. Trent Rush is here tomorrow. I'm sure he'll break it all down for you. Jim is back on Friday. And by then, we'll have things to talk about. And I consume way too much sports media. I listen to other shows to make sure I'm not stealing ideas, but I want to be open to other perspectives. Just about every other national show opened this morning with... What are the Bears going to do based on the word salad pushed out by GM Ryan Poles yesterday? Well, remember, Ryan did not draft Justin Fields. There is no emotional connection there. And his job, after all, is to have the best interest of the franchise in mind. I'm not anti-Fields. He's come up with some great content for the program, like the pants, as he was Looking Jim up and down and noting he was more of a cardio guy on Radio Row a couple years ago. Like the pants. I think we know who Justin Fields is. He has not developed enough as a down-the-field passing option. You can push back and say, when have the Bears ever had someone like that? And the answer is Sid Luckman in the 1940s, unless you want to play the Jim McMahon homage as he Super Bowl shuffles into the program. Sexy Rexy Grossman played in the Super Bowl. I think you know his limitations, Jay Cutler. You get the point here. If you're Chicago and you have the opportunity to upgrade under center, even though Fields showed improvement last year, you have to take Caleb Williams. At the same time, I'm not going to join the chorus, and I think I've given you my credentials slash... My level of bias as well, because I'm not combine guy, nor my draft guy. Now, Jim is the best in the business. When he starts interviewing draft prospects, he'll get the most out of them because he's immensely talented. But I've done enough of those interviews with the nameless offensive linemen, and I'm trying to ask backstory questions, and the kid doesn't want to be there, but his agent told him, get on the phone with this loud guy. But here we are. Here we are. Now I have the Tourette's kicking Here we are. in this chair, and things just are. are flowing. Looking at Caleb Williams. Now I'm based in Southern California, and as apparently it's just the airing of the grievances today, I am an alumnus of the University of Southern California. However, I went to graduate school there, 
and roughly the $110,000 I spent on a master's in business administration, I should have lit on fire. I would have had much more enjoyment watching it burn and gotten more of a return on my investment. So I am not a USC hunk. They also destroyed the Pac-12 on their way to the Big Ten, as much as I'll be calling a USC game tomorrow and not bring that up. So I don't want you to think in any way that I'm Tommy Trojan. And it does give me a degree of distance to look at Caleb Williams to say, certainly, we know the skill set. Let's see him do it, having to deal with adversity. And you can push back and say, as Daniel Jeremiah pointed out on this program the other day, that he overcame a sieve-like defense. And the fact that he put up the numbers he did is a testament to what Caleb's capable of. Okay, I buy that sound logic. But I also wonder about his maturity, given that he is still evolving as a person. Male brains are not fully developed until the age of 25. I can understand the disappointment when you lose a rivalry game, as USC has become accustomed to, getting stopped by UCLA, getting beat up by Notre Dame. Notre Dame, he pouted postgame. UCLA, he did not talk to the media. Now, how's that going to fly in Chicago? Because he's going to deal with a lot of adversity. I think the difference is going to be, hopefully, people within the Bears organization say, you are the face of the franchise. We need you to go out there and say nothing. You can't hide. You have to actually go through the motions. And you got to deal with his father, who has a little bit of a Kardashian vibe, understandably so. Caleb Williams is our first NIL superstar who's making giant money before he goes to the NFL. But if we're thinking about what the Bears are going to do, it's what they should do. And I think it's a foregone conclusion, just listening to polls yesterday, that they are going to move fields. Question is timing. If you want maximum value and also, quote-unquote, to do right by Justin, you move them before free agency, and free agency kicks in in a couple of weeks. So that'll be something to track in the upcoming weeks. And then we move on to the draft itself. With major names at the quarterback position and the real possibility of at least three quarterbacks and Drake May and Jaden Daniels going to the top five. Every mock draft I've been tracking now has J.J. McCarthy going at least in the top 15. Maybe the floor is Denver at 12. So there's a lot of interesting things to dissect when it comes to the draft. But just to come full circle, none of that is related to the Combine. And I know somebody is going to run a thermonuclear time coming up starting tomorrow. Oh, my goodness, he's a unicorn. And Anthony Richardson was a stud last year. But how far along did he make it in the regular season before he got hurt? So that's why I can't get that hyped up for this thing. It feels like the world's strongest man competition. When I was a kid in 1978, and there was nothing else on. And we watched then because it was the only thing on TV. Just as we'll watch this because it has an approximation to football. I'm Brian Weber, in for Jim Rome. You can tell me I'm dead wrong at 1-800-636-8686. Emails in the mix. Rome at haveatake.com. Straight ahead, your interaction. Hit me up on the X platform, B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. Next, because Jim opened the door just a smidge with his homage to Anthony Kim yesterday. What a great reset that was with Kim on his way to live golf. I'm going to reveal the dumbest thing I've heard in a long time, and it came from the Lynx. Who said what? Details coming up. 
As we are just getting warmed up on a very busy Wednesday, I'm Brian Weber in for Jim Rome. Time to get your phone out and search for the Prize Picks app. It's on my phone now, and it's on the phone of everyone working on this show. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app with over 3 million members. Undeniably, it's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Unlike other apps on Prize Picks, it's just you against the numbers. You only have one job pick more or less on two to six players and their daily stat projections. You can now win up to 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. Turn $10 into $1,000. Quick withdrawals, enormous selection of players, sports, and stats all in the mix for you. That is Prize Picks. Download the Prize Picks app today. Use the code ROME, R-O-M-E, for a first deposit match up to $100. $100, who does that? That code again is ROME, R-O-M-E. On prize picks for a deposit matchup to $100. Prize picks. Pick more, pick less. It's just that easy. Must be present in certain states. Visit prizepicks.com for restriction and details. You're listening to the. Brian Weber back with you. Always a delight to keep the chair warm in for Jim. Don't worry, the Hall of Famer back with us on Friday. Coming up, your interaction. I'm open to a phone call taken selectively at 1-800-636-8686. Emails, RomanHaveATake.com. We'll keep this concise. In 15 minutes, we make the move to college basketball. I am not getting into the brackets I am not going to analyze games because if I throw it out rhetorically, how many of the top five draft prospects can you name right now? And the answer would be zero. In fact, I have no life, and this is not me picking on Bronny James. I looked at a mock draft this morning. Top five, all Euros, and a dude from the Ignite, the G League gimmick you never heard of. But of far more importance... Gas, groceries, utilities, you name it. The price of everything is going up. And if you're stuck in a bad timeshare with rising maintenance fees, the financial burden can be crushing. It's time to get your finances in order. Get the real facts about that timeshare you're stuck in and your options to get rid of it. Chuck McDowell, the founder of Wesley Financial Group, has been helping families out of horrible timeshares for over 10 years and has put together a complete timeshare exit information kit that he will send to you absolutely free. To date, over 30,000 families have trusted Wesley Financial Group to help them out of financial hardship by getting them out of bad timeshares. And they may be able to help you, too, to get the facts about how the timeshare industry works and your options for cancellation. Simply call Wesley now for your free timeshare exit kit and see how you can become timeshare free. Call 800 462 3333. That's 800-462-3333. One more time. 800-462-3333. As promised, let's move over to the X. Did not pre-read this, so we're going commando here. Flying blind. Here is Brantley in Eugene. Max Struess. What a finish last night. That three was insane. 
Do you think Cleveland has a legit shot? That's a straight take. Wait a minute. I was not prepared to go down that road. Brantley, I appreciate your participation. I will pose that question the last hour of the show to Mike Vorkanoff of The Athletic. Here's a preview. No, I don't think Cleveland has a shot. Go back to last year. They lost to the Knicks. Knicks had not put together a playoff series victory in a decade. Yes, I realize the rosters become realigned. Spida, Mitchell is a phenom. And if you want to parse things that are possible in the East, who do you really believe in other than Boston? I still think, despite the doc factor, Giannis and Dame will figure it out. Is Embiid even going to be able to show up for a cameo can playoff time? So if you do the process of elimination, maybe Cleveland has an opportunity, but I see it's a real things. gap between Boston Rattled off now a nine-game winning streak, beating up the Sixers who were falling apart without Embiid last night, and everybody else in the East. Let's get back to more sarcasm. How about Jake in Buffalo? And this is very much on brand. Reason to believe in Cleveland? Not as long as we're around, thanks. Infant mortality, generational poverty, and literacy rates. That's the program I know. You like Planet it? Wilson, good to hear B. Weber hosting the show today. He's a lot better than that other hobo. Who's the hobo in question? I was here the last time. Trent Rush is a nice young man. I saw him on national television calling a San Jose State game on Fox Sports 1. You can't be speaking of JT the Brick. The Brick, I will send you the picture. He has a headshot because I've known John for a long time. Headshot circa 1998 when he's holding a brick in front of a brick wall. JT will show up and make that brick do the talking. Finally, and this is a dissertation, Brian McRibber. Did the XR4TI bring some McRibs for you today? You need some food to get through your long day. Subbing in for Rome this morning and then calling darts this afternoon for CBS Sports Mm. Network. Mario in San Francisco. War McRibber doing play-by-play for Ritz Bowling Nights. I don't want to say I'm a broadcast courtesan. I have not done darts yet. I am available. And as of April 14th, when I say goodbye to the Conference of Champions before they say goodbye to me, I'm going to have an abundance of free time. So it could go one of two ways. I could become even more of a whore, more of a sellout, and start doing cockfighting, as we know, a former topic on this program. I could be doing cliff diving from Acapulco or... And I'm feeling even more sanctimonious these days. I could say, I'm better than that. I have other things to do with my time when we all know that is not truthful. In fact, as we talk just a little bit of golf as a catalyst for the most inane thing I've heard in a very long time. I'm Brian Weber in for Jim Rome. Your voice can be heard at 1-800-636-8686. Let's keep it going on the X. B.W. Weber. Weber with two B's. Now that there's no football to watch, and I've established I'm not watching one minute of the combine, I need something on in my regal one-bedroom apartment. So my process is now have something on in the background as I scribble notes for women's water polo coming up in eight days, and I find it soothing to watch golf. Now, muted. Hello, Nance. Hello, friends. CBS has a real problem when Nance takes some time off because whoever Andrew Catalan is does not know how to call golf. That's When I have it on, I wonder where's Nance, and then I mute it. But I just like the scenic vistas. I especially love the swing through Hawaii and then Southern California. 
But as I have it on in the background, and I'm spending hours that I'll never get back going through minutia that I probably don't need, but this is my process for these self-important games. I have glanced up and looked at these leaderboards saying, who are these people? It is an anonymous wave of champions to start the year, mostly because 95% of the big names are taking the Saudi money. Now, I can't fully blame them, and thankfully, I think I'm fully out of the tennis business, although we'll find out how much of a courtesan I am as we move into the summer. The Saudis are going to buy that sport if they want to. I don't know how much mileage they can get out of it because, unfortunately, especially here in the States, other than Coco Golf, tennis is largely irrelevant. Yes, hundreds of thousands of folks will show up at Indian Wells, Miami, and the U.S. Open, but since I threw out the exercise, how many college basketball players can you name? How many tennis stars beyond Novak Djokovic and uh, aging Rafael Nadal can you even conjure up? So I'm not going to do the full sports-washing dissertation and monologue today. I've done it in the past. I've read your tweets that you think I'm being too heavy-handed. And after all, I'm just a fill-in host. Let's keep it light. But remember, when you take that Saudi money, everything that comes with it, and Jim had a conversation with John Rahm, who I think handled himself well. How do you turn down hey, generational wealth when you're already unbelievably affluent? Well, if somebody throws $100 million at you, how do you say no? So the Saudis walked in. They bought the sport. And what happened to that whole merger that we spent so much time talking about. Now, the PGA has gone out and gotten their own private equity guys, a consortium of owners across sports with Steve Cohen of the Mets having unlimited resources. What happened to the whole merger thing? Well, it did happen because the Saudis, like Liv, there's somebody within their investment fund, the sovereign investment fund, who has that as his pet project. And until they decide... Liv is going to go away. We're going to have all these big names out there playing tournaments nobody cares about. The crew was in Las Vegas for Super Bowl week. Did anybody even have awareness that Liv Golf was there? It's on the C-freaking-W. Now, if I'm not getting a broadcast outlet, you know it's bottom of the barrel. CW on tape delay. So, when I read this quote from Taylor Gooch, and I know who he is, apparently... He was your live champion last year, winning three times on a nonsensical tour. That is not real golf. If you don't have a cut, it's not golf. It's softball versus baseball. And I prefer softball. But it's a totally different sport. But the Gooch man, who is as dopey as his name might suggest, made a run at Rory McIlroy because the lower tier names on the live tour like gooch we're not talking about the people we actually know kupka and deshambo and now rum it's gooch and company they don't have a high enough ranking in the official world golf rankings because the live competition is not being counted because it should not be counted because it's a farce the gooch man said quote If Rory McIlroy goes out and completes the career Grand Slam, which he has a chance to at Augusta, without some of the best players in the world, there's going to be an asterisk. Hey, Gooch, nobody asked you. I did some research this morning. Gooch has never finished in the top 12 in any of the 11 major championships he's played in. But 
Somehow he was trending because he took a shot at Rory. But it points out something much larger. As we saw recently when poor Tiger Woods couldn't even finish his own event here in Southern California, and he was apparently just watching some of the coverage, violently ill, in addition to being a shadow of himself physically, and he knew, oh, by the way, he wasn't going to make the cut. What do you know? (coughs) I feel a cough coming on. I'll pick up my ball at eight. When Tiger fell apart, and I know we have the Augusta moment forever, but since then, when Tiger virtually disappeared, he took the sport with him. And then the Saudis came in and bought the remnants. Other than that, golf has disappeared. And I know thousands of you play it. I stopped playing it because I have no athletic skill. And I don't want to spend four hours with anybody. But just as a media consumer, the product now is unwatchable. Because when I flip on, as mentioned, in the lavish one-bedroom apartment, just to have some serenity in the background, I don't know who any of these dudes are. And I'm not going to burn one second watching whoever Taylor Gooch is do his thing. Okay. I made fun of Matt, uh, Mike McCarthy. I claimed that I was more svelte, and I just went fat. So let us quickly wind down, let you know coming up as we roll on this first hour. It is the second to last day of February. We're looking ahead to March Madness. Is college basketball about to become even more of just a three-week sport? Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show with guest host Brian Weber on CBS Sports Radio. Getting closer to the second hour of the program, meaning there's still plenty of time for you to get involved. 1-800-636-8686. There's another mechanism for interaction. It is an ATP Wednesday. In fact, I've now decided to call an audible. When we get there in the final hour of the program, I'll make that a standalone content block, meaning a few submissions can squeak on through. A reminder, when we ask the pros, it's an opportunity for you, the clones, to pose a question brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Go to cbsportsradio.com slash askthepros, submit your question, think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get the parts and service you need fast from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. As we close in on the second hour of the show, we're going to tip things off. Talking NBA, I'm not going to fix the All-Star game because nobody can fix the All-Star game. Plus, that's in the past. When the league tries to address it, they're just going to bribe the players as they did with the in-season tournament. But the All-Star game did reflect what a ridiculous year this has been when it comes to scoring insane numbers across the league. In fact, since we've established I have no life, looked it up last night, highest scoring average across the league since 1969-1970. Then the league decided to make some adjustments, let defense be played. Now I think they're all in on every night being a video game. We'll talk about who has a realistic chance to win it all? I realize the depth of the Western Conference is unprecedented. But are you telling me, and we'll get there in granular detail coming up, that, for example, as much as I love watching OKC, are they ready to win now? Doesn't history tell us you have a learning curve for a group of young players with no playoff experience that's tangible? That's coming up in the next hour of the program. As 
a hoopster. And maybe that's why none of my long-term projects on the radio have worked. I love basketball more than I love football. I'm not a fool. Well, try not to be a fool. I have to pay the rent on that expansive one-bedroom apartment. I understand how the world works, and the NFL is the only reason I have a semblance of a career. But if I'm posed the question, what do you want to watch? I'm going to watch basketball all day long just because I think it's a better game. And maybe because in the mid-1980s, I could actually dribble a little bit, knock my friend down, and think I was being Truck Robinson when I was a Nick fan a million years ago. As we look, though, across the landscape of college basketball, and I give Jim credit, I still am in the college sports industrial complex for the time being. I follow this stuff closely because it's my job, after all. Nobody talks more college basketball on a national level than Jim. Last week was filled with big names. Bill Self, no jungle karma last night as BYU, although we can connect it to Coach Pope, who came on the show earlier. Always a great landscape out there. If you just play six degrees of Rome separation, BYU taking down Kansas last night. Jim talked with Greg McDermott, Randy Bennett. So I am not telling you what to watch, what, what not to watch other than the Combine. Put the remote down. It's a waste of time. But as we get ready for March Madness, if you love college basketball as much as many of us do, knowing that we're rooting for alumni connections, fan bases, regional tie-ins, just the colors, maybe a chance to win a buck or two in a Calcutta, you better enjoy what we have now Because I think change is coming, and it's coming soon. Because if you're not paying attention to what's going on in college football, finally, finally, on the verge of the 12-team playoff, we haven't even gotten there yet, coming up this fall. I don't want to get too bogged down in legalese, but even I can read a blog telling me the contract for the college football playoff, current format, only has two years left on it. After that... Everything can be blown up. We already have the SEC and the Big Ten talking about going to 14, and we haven't even played a single game in the 12-team format. And when we go to 14, what's already being leaked? They want multiple automatic bids to be connected to the SEC and the Big Ten. According to reports, four for the SEC, four for the Big Ten. Now, we know what's going on in college sports. The entire sport has been bought by media properties. And I work for a couple of them, so I'm going to tread lightly here. But I have reached a point where I just don't care that much anymore, and it's not like I have a great deal to lose. Where we're going is not better than where we currently are or where we've been. If you think about why the SEC and the Big Ten can run all of college sports, it's because they have all of the capital. Outside of the SEC and the Big Ten teams, I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about the properties, the brands. Outside of those two mega conferences, who's left? Notre Dame with their weak tie into the ACC. Clemson, if you believe Dabo can figure out the NIL world. And Florida State, who had the nice run last year. Outside of that, it's all SEC and all Big Ten. They can do whatever they want. So... On the verge now of trying to come up with ways to make even more money in college football, you know what's coming next in college basketball. 
they're going to expand that tournament, which would be a sports crime, not to be more over the top than normal. 64, I know it's the field of 68, and maybe someday I can work the first four in Dayton, Ohio. Looks like a good event. 64 is the perfect number. Why are we going to blow it up? Because there's more money available. And college basketball right now has been reduced to, at best, a three-week sport. That's all it is. Okay, so now we're going to go to 96 or 128 under the guise of, well, more teams are going to get in. What do you think is going to happen with those additional bids? Where do you think they're going to go? To the SEC and the Big Ten. Even if they don't have to have the naked creed of the automatic bids that they're demanding, reportedly, for the college football playoff, just use common sense. So now we're going to have the third worst team in the SEC now getting a bid to the field of 96 because they can. And college basketball already has an identity problem. I, I threw out the rhetorical pop quiz. Name three players in college basketball right now. Unless you're a Kentucky fan or following the draft, you can't do it. Maybe you know the big fella, Zach Eady in Purdue, hoping to bounce back from last year's debacle in the tournament. You know Caitlin Clark, as you should. Because women's college basketball is structured with more balance. And Caitlin is a phenom. Although... And this is me being a history geek. When she breaks Pistol Pete Maravich's all-time scoring record, remember, Pete did it in three years, freshmen were ineligible, and he did it with no three-point shot. I'm not taking anything away from Caitlin Clark. She is phenomenal, to use the show verbiage. If she decides to come back for another year to get that NIL money, which is comparable to what she's going to make in the WNBA, great. If she goes to the pros, I want to see her... All-Star Weekend next year in a shootout against, say, Dame Lillard. But the problem for college basketball is the sport is already largely irrelevant. It's been marginalized, in part because of our addiction to football I laid out to start the program. And if we go to an even more bloated field, the regular season is going to mean, if possible, even less. So enjoy it while we got it. And Jim will have comprehensive coverage, and I I know we'll start tracking the great stories as he did last year. And there was a lot of jungle karma, especially with friend of the program, Eric Musselman. Talking college basketball is a nice transition point to get to the NBA. How many teams really have a chance to win it all? And here's a preview. I think it's only two in the East. One hour down, couple big hours on the way. I'm Brian Weber, in for Jim Rome. You're in the jungle here on CBS Sports Radio.